he always gets Give us also a greater discernment of the Holy Spirit and of how he's talking to us and moving among us. We need you. So we just welcome you this morning. Welcome how we get to learn who you are in the word, that you would put this deep in our spirits and our souls. That, Lord, we would function out of that and out of the truth of your word and out of the truth of who you are. So I just welcome you this morning and just come. Just teach us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. I am going to try this morning to share on God's justice, God's justice system. And I'm probably not going to do a really good job giving justice to justice. <laughs> this is something I'm going to share out of something I'm walking right now, that I believe that the Lord has um, taught, is teaching me, that I've had to kind of walk through this process, and am continuing to walk through this process, but I don't feel like it's just for me. I think this is for us as a body, I think this is for us as believers in the Lord, that there is a justice system that God has, and has had from the foundations of the earth, that he set up justice to be done. I want to try to explain that this morning as best I can with a little bit of my understanding of this process, because I think it's way bigger and has way more weight to it than what we as believers have heard or really even understand. Um, so I'm going to play a little bit of a video from John Paul Jackson. Bob and I have known him personally in past years, and I trust him. got a hold of these keys to God's justice three, about two to three weeks prior to my um, getting fired from my job. And so I set out on this journey hearing this teaching and thinking, oh wow, this is really good. This is really good. And I've shared a little bit about 
the loss of the job and kind of had to work through my own, um, making sure that I did not talk bad about them and different stuff like that. So I'm going to kind of go into that a little bit again today, but how the Lord, I feel, has, it, is extending this. So um, let's just hear John Paul first, kind of give us some questions and some things to think about. What is justice? What does it look like? I guess that question depends a lot on which side of the courtroom you're standing on. On the part of the plaintiff, it might look like revenge. For the defendant, it probably looks a lot more like mercy. One side feels justice was served, the other, that it wasn't. What is your definition of justice? Chances are, it might change based on how it's played out in your life. Bad things do happen to good people, and seemingly good things happen to bad people. Well, where's the justice in that? The justice of man isn't always rendered even when a decision is made. That's because the justice of man is limited. It's limited to the knowledge of man, and the knowledge of man changes with additional knowledge. But the justice of God is based on the knowledge of God, which doesn't change. God is all-knowing, meaning he's never lost knowledge or gained knowledge. That's what makes God's justice superior to man's justice. God made you to have a deep desire to see justice take place, not only for yourself, but for others. The very throne of God rests on two pillars, righteousness and justice. He wants you to receive justice for the injustices that have happened to you. How would you go about doing that or seeing that? You have to know God's judicial process. You won't need a lawyer. Remember, God's law library only has one volume, and you probably already own it. Good questions, huh? I would encourage you to get on this and look at it, and he would probably explain it better than I'm going to today. Um, and I'm going to try to come at it from how I've been walking through that and kind of make it a little more practical in aspect of how I'm appropriating or how I'm applying that to my own life. I want to go over some scriptures, though, first about God. Is he a God of justice? Does God have a justice system? In Psalm 97.2, it says, Clouds and darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundations of his throne. Isaiah 30.18, Therefore the Lord will wait that he may be gracious to you, and therefore he will be exalted, that he may have mercy on you. For the Lord is a God of justice, and blessed are those who wait for him. Then in Psalm 37, 28, For the Lord loves justice and does not forsake his saints. And that's you and me. Psalm 103, 6, The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. That's just a few of the scriptures that are in the word about justice. 
it's actually mentioned over 500 times in the word that God establishes righteousness and justice. That is who he is. One of God's names is Jehovah Mishpat, which is God of justice. Um, They both go hand in hand. A lot of time you'll see the word righteousness and the word justice, but they go hand in hand. They're basically the same kind of thing. And God's throne is built, as John Paul said, on those things. If God is not a God of justice, if he doesn't judge rightly, then he's not who he is, and his throne topples, and he is not the God of the universe. Um, In our system, our judicial system is kind of an example of God's judicial system. Something happens to you or to me, and the person gets caught. Let's say the perpetrator gets caught, and he's done something to me. I get to take that person to court, and I get to stand before a judge, and I get to say, this guy did this to me, or this girl did this to me, and I'm guilty, but that person is guilty. And I need you to hear my case, and then make a decision, make a judgment on that. Judge rightly on my behalf that this person did me wrong, and then make a decision, and then give me a settlement if that's what I'm Um, So I kind of want to talk about that and the fact that God has the same system. Of course, his is more righteous because, like John Paul was saying, God is all-knowing. Our court system is not all-knowing. We only know certain facts. That's why sometimes there have been people that have gone to jail that did not do what they did because all of the facts were not there, and we do that as best we can. But God is a God of justice in the fact that he knows all things. He knows my past, present, my future. He knows your past, present, future. He also knows the scheme of the enemy before the enemy, our adversary, ever does anything. So what does God's justice system kind of look like? But he's been doing this since the foundation. When we had the fall and Adam and Eve chose, That was an injustice done. And God has set from the beginning to make right, to justify the things that have been done all through. That's what he does. That's who he is. Um, In God's system, it's the same thing. My adversary does something to me. I I go, oh, my goodness, how did that happen? So I want to kind of take this and apply this a little bit through, like I said, what happened to me. I've been listening to this. I go in on a Friday, and I have been in the store for probably 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and they asked me to come in. They want to talk to me. And I end up in this conversation where they're accusing me of something, and I'm listening to this going, seriously? And I'm going, I've never done that in my entire lifetime. I've not done that. I've been here for like almost 12 years. I would never, ever, ever do this. And so this conversation is going on, and I immediately felt like this was the enemy, that I was under a major attack. And I talked about the fact that I actually went out and called Bobby and said, you know, you need to pray for me immediately, 911. You know, I am under a major attack. And um, so... I ended up leaving, having to leave the store that day, and got in the car, and 
I am crying. I am screaming to the Lord. I cannot believe this is happening. This is unbelievable. And I'm going through this whole conversation I've just had and what's been said, and I'm thinking, how in the heck? How in the heck? This is unbelievable, Lord. And I'm, I'm just really whining and complaining to the Lord. And going over, it's almost like I'm going through 12 years of working in this store, thinking about how I've lived in this place, how my testimony has been in this place. I just, friendships and all this stuff, and I'm just, it's kind of like my life is passing before me in these years. And I hear this little voice over here say, just go ahead and curse the store. Just go ahead and ask me to curse the store. Just ask me to not let it be blessed. Just go ahead and ask me to not let Ashley be blessed in her marriage. Just specific things. And I immediately knew, because I had been listening to this, I don't think this was a coincidence at all that the Lord had put this in front of me, this teaching on justice in front of me. And I immediately had to say, I said out loud, I will not do that. So I left there, came to the office, walked in Bobby's office, and he goes, what are you doing here? And I'm like, ah. So I start crying again and explain how I got fired and what they accused me of and all this kind of stuff. I'm going, Rrr. and he goes, okay. You know my husband, he's just kind of like this, and I'm like this. And, um, you know, so I'm ranting and raving over the, around the office, you know, and he's like, okay, you just need to remember that's not who you are. Just like this. That's not who you are. Anybody that knows you knows you're not going to do that. You know yourself you're not going to do that. You've never done that. You need to remember these things. And I'm like, I'm like okay, you're right. You're right. This is not him. But I can't know. Don't even go there. So I'm trying to come. So he's trying to calm me down. And so I ended up in this process. So I left the office and went home. And I really got with the Lord that afternoon. And of course, I was whining and complaining to the Lord. I mean, that's hard. When you lose your job, you lose your health, you lose friends, you do. You, you're going to sit down with the Lord and go, what the heck? And you start trying to, in your natural mind, try to figure this thing out. Sometimes there's just no way to figure this thing out. There was no way for me to figure this thing out because I did not invite this. And this is one of the keys. This was an intrusion on my life by the enemy. You have also been intruded on in your life by the enemy. Where God's justice system comes in is this. Something happened to me. I had to sit down with the Lord, and this is an important aspect. The next thing I have to do is, I have to say, Lord, am I innocent in this? Have I brought this on myself? Have I invited this? If I invite you to come and shoot me, and you shoot me, I can't take you to the judge and say, she shot me and she's guilty and she needs to have something done to her. Because that judge is going to look at me and go, uh, you asked her to do that. So why should, I, why should I make a judgment against her that she's guilty when you invited her to do that? We many times have things happen in our life because we have invited 
the enemy in. We have opened doors that we have not closed, and the enemy has a right to me. Even as a believer, the enemy has right to my life if I invite him in through my mouth, things that I say, through my sin, things that I do, sin with my mouth. Sin is what invites and keeps that door open and allows the enemy to continue to attack me. And some of us are being affected even now because of our heritage, things that have passed down from our families, sin that is passed down. That's a door that's open. But we can get the justice of God for those things, and you can get the justice of God. I can get the justice of God and have a decision rendered on my behalf, on your behalf, because we're not guilty. So I had to get with the Lord and say, Lord, have I done something? Have I talked bad about them? Have I brought this on myself? Have I not lived correctly before them? Now, have I done some things? Probably. But I have been innocent because I said, Lord, forgive me of my sin. Now, I'm already forgiven of my sin because of salvation, but this is different. There is still a place that we have to go with the Lord consistently to repent of our sin. Because I don't do things correct in front of the Lord all the time. I'm supposed to have stood up here and preached numerous, numerous times that I have simply refused to do because of fear and because it's hard for me to do this. But I have to then, and there's a part in Scripture where it says we are to confess our sins to one another. There's freedom that comes with that. It releases us to not be guilty before the Lord because we are covered. Our sins are covered. So I had to look at that. So I sat with the Lord, and I said, Lord, I need to look at the things I'm doing. I need to be, I need to be guiltless here because this is something the enemy has done. The second part in God's justice system is I have to recognize, we need to recognize that God did not do this. God is not like that. God is not going to hurt me by taking my job from me, taking my finances from me, taking my friendships from me, taking my testimony before them away from me. God does not do that. That's not who a good heavenly father is. He does not do that. So I had to recognize this is the enemy, my adversary who has come to do that. Your adversary that comes to you to take those things from you. It's not the Lord. So I can look at that. And then I catch the enemy. That is the third key. Catching him and saying, you are the one who did this. This has not been me. This is not something I invited you to do. He did that to me. You have things the adversary has done to you and taken from you, stolen from you, robbed from you, because that's what he does. He comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. So he came and took this from me. He robbed me of this. So I'm going to take him now to the righteous judge, and I have the right to do that and say, he is guilty, I am not. I'm presenting him to the court to your court judge, and I need you to judge him as guilty and render a judgment against him and settlement for me. So I just started doing that. I said, Lord, this is the enemy that has done this. 
And I'm asking for justice. I am constantly praying and asking for justice that God will find him guilty, find me innocent, and do a settlement for me. The next thing that is super, super, the, probably the most important is for me to forgive them. Forgiving them for what they said. They were used by the enemy. Their words were put out, but it hurt me. And it hurt other people that work in that same environment with me because they would have to tell them they know the whole story. How they're explaining that, I have no clue to the people that came into the store and that I helped all the time for all those years. I have no clue how they're explaining that, but I cannot be concerned with that. I have to lay that down at the feet of Jesus and go, it's okay. You are my defender. You are my redeemer. You will make everything right for me. The Lord will make everything right for you. That's just who he is. That's what this system is. It's for us, his children, to render for us good judgments, good settlements, because he's a good father, and he does good to us all the time. But I had to forgive them. What they said was completely a lie. But when the enemy lies about us and he uses other people, I can blame the enemy and I can get really mad at him and I can get upset and get mad, but I can't stay there. I have to forgive them 100% and not hold that against them. When you have someone do something to you, lie about you, I mean, some people have horrible things. They've been raped. They still have to eventually forgive that person. Murders. I've heard testimonies of families that have gone to people in jail that have killed their family members and said, we forgive you. And I watch that, and I think, wow. But because they've done that, God can render to that family the most amazing things because the word says that the enemy has to give back to me, to them, up to seven times what the enemy has stolen from me. Not just money, not just a job, but for the hurt that caused me, that has to be done. The fear that when I had to go then do another interview for a job and the fear comes to just grip me, that because of what just happened to me and how I have to explain that and then what that made me feel like on the inside, all of that I have to give to the Lord, and I can't then let that fear settle in here that I'm not a great worker. That I'm that, that store's not going to be, the new store's not going to be blessed to have me. Same with you. Your job is blessed because you're there, because you're a believer. The next job is going to be blessed because you're there. So I have to apply this. This has to be something I have to work out, that we have to walk out that's available there for us. So I've made sure I'm not guilty. I have forgiven them, which is the harder part of all of that. That's not always easy when somebody says things to you. Because I could go back and 
I, have, I could have a list. And I'm like, Lord, I'm not even looking at that list that I could say, but I'm not going there. Because I want what God has for me. Not the little bit I could get if I did that, which was satisfaction in my own head, in my own heart, to make it seem right. I want more of what God has for me afterwards. Not the little. I want the big. So I'm taking the enemy to the Lord, and I'm saying, he's guilty, I'm not, and I'm asking for justice. I want you to render to me justice and a settlement on my behalf. One of the last parts is keep asking. I'm continuing to keep asking. There's a scripture in Luke 18, verses 1 through 8. This is the story of the widow that went to the unjust judge. And she said to him, I'm guilty, this guy's done this. It doesn't say exactly what he's done. But she kept, the judge, because he was unjust, and he's a judge that says, I don't care about people, and I don't care about God. He was just a judge that was, he's just somebody that's lost. But she kept going back, and she kept going back, and she kept going back because she knew that she was not guilty, and this was, and she wanted a judgment made on her behalf and a settlement made on her. And she went back and back and back, and finally... The judge said, because of her constant coming, I am going to find in her favor because she's not guilty. But in those last scriptures it says, and then the Lord said, and the Lord says this, hear what the unjust judge said. Now the Lord called him an unjust judge, but the Lord is the righteous, he's the just, and says, shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him. Though he bears long with them, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. The widow kept going back and back and back, and that unrighteous judge made a judgment for her. I'm going to the righteous judge, and I'm going to keep asking. I did get another job, and I felt like the Lord told me the amount of money to ask, which I knew was probably way more than what the new store would have wanted, and yet God gave it to me. So I have seen that part, but I think there's more for me. I think there's more to come. But I don't believe, and, and this justice is not revenge. It's not that I want revenge for me to be able to go back to the other store and go, I have a better job than I had with you. I can't do that. That's not part. If I do that, I'm just going to lose the rest of my good settlement here because that would be sin on my part. My heart has to still continue to bless them. I am continuing to still bless the store, the other store. Now I'm at the new pink nickel. So I am still blessing Jay Ashley. I'm still blessing that store and asking them to give them customers and favor and bless them and bless the families that are there. And one day, hopefully, that relationship will be given back. That, those friendships will be given back. Other things. But what if me just seeing somebody else be born again? What if that's part of that? What if it's something other than just a dollar for a dollar or a job for a job? I think God is way more important, involved in thinking about other things than just those things. What if it's that, you know, I get more authority to teach? Well, that would be good. <laughs> you know, what if it's things like that that God gives you back in return 
because your settlement is bigger and deeper and stronger than anything in the natural would have ever been. Um, Joel 2.25 says, He will repay you for the years that the locusts have eaten. That's the enemy. That's my adversary. He has to do that. That's God saying he will have to do that. Proverbs 6.31 says, For the, um, Yet if he is caught, the adversary is caught, he must pay sevenfold, though it cost him all the wealth of his house. That's what's there for us. That's what's there for you and for me. But part of what we have to do is we have to then catch the enemy. We can't just go through life thinking everything's just not, you know, just happening. Not everything just happens. We are supposed to, as believers, have discernment to recognize. And I believe the Lord loves to tell us sometimes even in advance what the scheme of the enemy is so that we can pray that off, that if we get in the middle of it, then this is what we've done. This is what has happened, and this is what we can do, is apply the justice of God to our lives. It's another one of the amazing benefits we have as a believer. Some of us have, are dealing with things. Your grandfather had it, your father has it, and you have it. That's a root. There's a reason for that. Those are the things that we even have right to go back to the Lord and say, what is this? Why is this happening? And ask the Lord to show you, is this an injustice that was done that I deal with now because of something that happened to my grandfather? Lying issues. Is there a pattern of lying in your life? Of anger, of hatred. You just can't get beyond those things. Addictions. I've seen in my own family that I never knew him, but my great-grandfather was an alcoholic, and I've seen those things pass into our family. That is an injustice that was done. That is something that we can pray as a family and that we have prayed over us and over our children and our grandchildren, that that is cut off right here. But I see other places in my family where it's kind of done this kind of number. But we all have those things. The Lord wants to deal with those things. He doesn't want you to have to deal with them. Is it a thing of poverty on us that passes down? Just can't seem to get financially above here. And it's like, why is this? Why has this always been? There may be a reason for that that we can ask the Lord about. Not being able to get a job. What is that thing that keeps us? There's just no favor when you apply for a job. What about your health? Have you been robbed from the enemy from your health? The list is endless because the enemy is endless. Our adversary is endless in his love to torment us and attack us. But we have an amazing God who is bigger than anything the enemy puts out there. He is always knowing what the enemy's up to and never allowing him to do anything more than what he wants to allow. And I don't understand all of that and how God works and all of that, but I still know God
God is always in control of the enemy, and one day he's going to completely annihilate him. So today I wanted to just, I just want to pray, and I want to ask the Lord to, and you ask the Lord, if there's something he would love to render a justice and a settlement for you about. Like I said, I would have never even thought about doing this. Never even, it just was not in my vocabulary. I mean, I've always known God's a a righteous judge, and he's, you know, just and everything. But to apply this in my own life into situations, praying for relationships, even in family, just to have good relationships, praying that where those have, have come and they're like this, the Lord wants those to be peaceful. He doesn't want that in your families. He doesn't want us to walk around and carry that. So this morning, I just wanted to do that. So y'all just stand up. Guys, y'all can come back up. And I'm just going to pray, and we're just going to ask the Lord for one thing. We don't need to go with like 10 million, gazillion of them, 10, 15. One thing. Lord, is there one area where the enemy has robbed from me and you want to give justice to me back and a settlement back? Just because you love me and you care about my life and you care about my future and my destiny and where I'm going. So, Lord, I just welcome your presence. Father, first of all, we just want to repent before you, Lord, for our sin. Father, we want to be right before you. Lord, I pray if there's someone here that's not even born again yet, that doesn't know you as Savior. Right now, Father, I ask that you just speak to their heart and that, Lord, that they will look you in the face they will say, Lord, I am a sinner. I have sinned, and I don't trust you, and I don't know you. And I ask that you come, and you come and live inside of me. Forgive me of my sin. Become my Savior and my Lord. Set my life on a new path with you. And Lord, those of us that are believers, Lord, that have given our hearts and lives to you, Father, we are bothered by the enemy and Lord you are greater than him and I ask that you come Lord and for some of us Lord there are things that the enemy has stolen and robbed from us that you would love to make a settlement for us on our behalf because you are a good God and you are a good dad so Lord we just repent of our sin we repent before you Lord of just our mouths the way we run it, Lord, the things that we think, that we have thoughts, Lord, that we take captive, that we should not be taking captive. Lord, things that you're working and asking us to to be obedient to, Lord, that we're just not consistent to do that, Lord. Forgive us and help us to do that more consistently, to be obedient to you, Lord, in all things. Father, right now I ask in the name of Jesus, Talk to us, Lord. Father, show us that area that we can begin to come before you and to cry.
cry out for justice for us. Break the power of the enemy over us, Lord. 